All right, today's gonna be relatively short. I was gonna preach one thing, but God said we're gonna we're gonna um shift to another direction. That message is gonna be next week. Um, so I, we're gonna look at two scriptures today. The first one, Joel 2 28 to 32. Joel 2 28 to 32. And it says this after this, I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will have dreams and your young men will see visions. I will even pour out my spirit on the male and female slaves in those days. I will display wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood, fire, and columns of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For there will be an escape for those on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, as the Lord promised among the, the survivors, the Lord calls. All right, and then we're going to read Acts 2, 14 through 21. Acts 2, 14 through 21. Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed to them, fellow Jews and all you residents of Jerusalem, let this be known to you and pay attention to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only nine in the morning. On the contrary, this is what the Lord, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. And it will be in the last days, says God, that will pour out my spirit on all people. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I will even pour out my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women, and they will prophesy. I will display wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, uh, our, so pretty much if you want to give today a title, the, the title is Reflection on Revival. Um, as we've been watching a, a powerful move of God at, at, um, at, at Asbury University, Asbury College in Kentucky, and how it's spreading across the country, um, I, I would be remiss if I did not take an opportunity to really just lean in on what the Spirit is telling me and, and, and talk about this. Uh, we have seen major revival movements. In fact, um, a new movie just came out about the about um, the Jesus movement um, of the 1970s. We've seen Azusa, we've heard about Azusa, we've heard about the first and second Great Awakening. We, we some of us have, have experienced the Brownsville revival that happened in Brown happened, happened in Florida, the Toronto blessing, um, and many smaller movements that history might not know about. But uh, while everything was going on, I saw two schools of thought happening with this. The first school of thought was yes, God is moving, Hallelujah, and then. I like to call the second movement, y'all ain't praising them hard enough. Let's make something very clear. The concept of revival is not for the outsider. The concept and the purpose of revival is for the people who are currently in the body of Christ. I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back. The concept of revival is not for those who are outside. It is for those who are currently in the body of Christ. As I've said several times, I know Pastor Trey said it, that revival implies that there is something dead. There is something is dead or unconscious. And if we really step back and look at Christianity objectively, 
these have been kind of dead and unconscious. We are not, we, are, we, have, we as the body of Christ have not become self-aware. And self-awareness brings about conviction and repentance. We've been self-affirming, but we have not become self-aware because we have to understand that the battle, the battle right now within the world is that, the, that people are looking for an authentic move of an authentic God. They're looking for an authentic gospel. But more and more what we see on social media, what we see on TV, what we read in the news is pretty much the Christian church gone wild. Everybody's just saying, what, everybody's doing what they want, everybody's saying what they want. So when this new move, this new revival happened, which is still happening, it, it came from a pure place. It came from a place of we want God. If you look at the Joel if you look at what happened before both scriptures that we read, the book of Joel gives you an outline of what revival should look like. It's personal repentance, corporate repentance, God hearing the prayer, then God releasing. Acts 2, you know, y'all know the story. Jesus told them to wait, to wait for, for the next thing, wait for the comforter to come. And they came and went accord and prayed. And then the Holy Spirit came Tongues, fire, hallelujah. But you have to, but we have to infer that it wasn't just God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. It was probably God removed from me. God, God, break me. God, I repent. So that way I can receive whatever this next thing is. The biggest about like we, we come to God like he has to give us things. He don't have to give us nothing. He doesn't, he doesn't have to do it. He, he doesn't. But when you come from a repentant place, I mean, this is literally 2 Chronicles 7.14 lived out. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. This what we're what we're seeing, what we're experiencing right now is that scripture. Is these scriptures that we're talking about today totally, completely lived out? So revival does not have to look like everybody lay down on the floor. Revival does not like the, the we have to also understand that the spirit that the Holy Spirit affirms its presence moves in different ways dependent upon the situation and dependent upon the need. Not every revival has to be fire. But every revival has to affirm the presence of God to the point where it, it is a highly transformative event that will then open the door for the gospel message to be preached. I'm going to say that again. So, Revival, it has to affirm that the presence that the Holy Spirit is there, it creates a massive transformation. Not it is not one of the little residue things, but your life is radically changed to a, to a place where you are now empowered to go and preach the gospel. And if you look at the rest of the Acts scripture, that's what Peter did. Let me go ahead, go ahead, go back to um, Acts 2 and go to 22 through 34. 
Fellow Israelites, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did not among you, God did among you through him, just as you yourselves know. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up, ending the pain of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by death. For David says of him, I saw the Lord ever before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. Moreover, my flesh will rest in hope because you will not abandon me in Hades or allow your Holy One to see decay. You have revealed the paths of life to me. You will fill me with gladness in your presence. Brothers and sisters, I can confidently speak to you about the patriarch David. He is both dead and buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn an oath to him to seat one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke concerning the resurrection of the Messiah. He was not abandoned in Hades, and his flesh did not experience decay. God has raised this Jesus. We are all witnesses of this. Therefore, since he has been exalted to the right hand of God and has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, he has poured out on what you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into the heavens, but he himself says, the Lord, de the Lord declared to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. We're going to end up verse 36, actually. <clears throat> Therefore, let all the house of Israel know with certainty that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. The point of revival is for the church to be empowered to go and preach the gospel without fear. One of the byproducts of the, of the move of Pentecost, one of the byproducts of the Joel scripture, which is being confirmed in Pentecost, is that the church is empowered to go and do what the church is called to do. Again, you have to remember the Holy Spirit uh, reveals himself, is used differently by different people because we all have different gifts. We all have, even looking at churches, we all have, we have different wheelhouses. We have churches that are built for new believers. We have churches like True Vision that, that are that are hubs for revival and equipping. Um, we have apostolic hubs. Each church, if you really pay attention, each church, each ministry is designed to fulfill a role in the body of Christ. So revival might break out in one way here, another way here, and another way here. But to, to test what truly is revival, you have to see is our people's lives being changed to turn around and preach the gospel. It's plain and simple. Really, one of the beautiful things I'm seeing out of this is that, that this generation is being empowered to preach the gospel. Let's read the rest of the script. Let's read um, 37 to 41. When they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. With many other words, words he testified and strongly urged them, saying, be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted his message were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 people were added to them. This is the end goal. Of every move, every move, 
This is the end goal. To be empowered to call people to Christ and have evidence, evidence for people to be like, God is real. The, the young people at Asbury, I'm so proud of them. They're like, we, we don't care who you are. We're not looking at titles. We're not looking at names. If you if God's called you to be here, he's called you to be here to receive whatever he has for you here. They have refused news stations. They have refused interviews. They're like, we're not about that. I am so proud of them. <coughs> because the thing that kills revival is man. You look at every movement. Everything's going good until man starts putting their hands in things. We have to be careful that we see the concept of revival as a new normal and not a blip of the same. And the biggest issue is that people people make revival as like a blip and then they start trying to control true revival. You know when it starts, you know when, when, when it starts, you know how to carry it and you know how, how it ends so that way you can move on to the next level of God. My prayer with the As with, with the Asbury revival is this, is that they have the wisdom to know, okay, this is when we kicked it off. This is where we're going. All right, God's, God is lifting. Okay, so let's use what we've learned to move forward so that we can get ready for the next one. And there's been something I've been really wanting to say to the body of Christ, and this is my prayer for True Vision, as we enter into whatever this new season is looking like for us is that the same God, the same Holy Spirit that shut down an entire college campus, that shut, up, shut down an entire town, can come, rest, rule, and abide in our churches. But the key is we have to allow for that to happen. We have to allow for that door to be open. It's incumbent of us to ensure that we are in tune with the Holy Spirit. That's the only way we can have revival is to hear the voice of the Lord, even if we don't want to hear what he's saying to us, to hear the voice of the Lord and move. So that way he is able to move without hindrance. And it might not look like what you're used to. Some churches, you might go from quiet to pick them up, put them down. Other churches, it might be the inverse. But what matters is that God is empowering you. God is changing you to do the work of his will. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this time that we've had together today. Lord God, I thank you that you are showing us your affirmed and revealed word. Now, God, as we go our separate ways today, Lord God, I pray that you release revival, that you show us what needs to, what needs to die off so that way you can live in and through us. So that way we are able to move forward in you. So God, I thank you. Lord God, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for giving us the internet to be able to preach and teach the word of God without fear and without restraint. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friends, our time together has come and gone. Um, I encourage you. Um, you can watch us Sundays at noon and anytime on YouTube and Facebook. You can also listen to us on Wednesdays at 11.30 a.m. 
um, on 88.9 WLRI, um, Radio for Life. You can also check us out on our website, WLRI.org. And also anytime on your favorite podcast app. And also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at True Vision Lancaster. And also visit our website, TrueVisionLancaster.org. Now, our website is currently down because we're getting a new one. Yay! Um, so um, check back on our social media once, once our new one is up and running. In the meantime, I encourage you, reach out to us on Facebook and YouTube. And look, I'm just, Facebook and Instagram too. Reach out with us on there too. But I'm just excited to see what God is doing in our midst. And, you know, watching watching us go, go become a seed again. It's a beautiful, it's such a beautiful thing. But this time we're going to grow right. All right, my friends. God bless you. Go in peace. Knowing that you're loved.